You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so everyone can do something. Everyone can do something. Now, as, as I, I've said a lot of times, I hadn't said it very much lately, but said it last week. Talk about that Old Testament thing, that in, in the Old Testament, it's like the pictures. It's like, okay, I get it, of the New Testament truth. It's like the New Testament just comes alive and, and the truths are there, but we can go back to the Old Testament, we see these pictures, okay? And in the same way, this everyone can do something, we, we see that in the Old Testament, but we really see it come into that beautiful picture in the New Testament. It's because it's in the New Testament that we learn that everyone is the temple of God. That in the Old Testament, there was this temple. So we get that picture, but now God doesn't dwell in a building made with man's hands. He dwells in us. We are the temple of God. All of us are the temple of God. There's a couple of scriptures right there. And listen, uh, we don't have time to read all these scriptures that I'm going to have here in this sermon. So that's why they're in the sermon notes on that church2911.com slash connect that page. If you go there, go to the sermon notes. All these scriptures are right there, okay? And there's going to be a bunch of them. In just a minute, there's going to be another long list. And so uh, you can go there and look at them. So we find out that we're the temple of God. We find out everyone is a priest. No longer do you have to go to a priest. No longer is there one guy that can go stand in the presence of God, but you can be in the presence of God right now. When you've got a need, you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to get in touch with somebody else. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning to talk to somebody who's got an inroad to God. You have the inroad to God. You have been invited. The Word of God reminds us, uh, the New Testament says that, that we're invited to boldly approach the throne of grace, to find help in our time of need. You get to go. So we're all priests. And then we also find out that we're all gifted. And there are also a couple of scriptures right there. Every one of us is gifted. We like to say it this way around 29-11. Everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. Everyone, everyone, we're all gifted. You have gifts, you have gifts, you have gifts. It's not just choir and Sunday school anymore. Everybody has something to do. And, and you know, and you know, your gift may not be like my gift. Your gift may not be like Jamie's gift. Your, your gift may not be like Judy's gift. I think there's probably very few people that have that gift. Thank God she found it. You know what I want for you is I want you to find that gift also. And we find out in the New Testament then everyone can do something, right? Everyone can do something. All of us, every person hearing me right now, you have something awesome to do for Jesus. Everyone can do something. And that something, though, starts right here. Tithing. Okay? Oh, bummer, Pastor. You're going to talk about tithing today, giving you money and everything? Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Now, if you've been here very long, you know I don't talk about giving very much. I don't preach on it. Very, I, don't, I probably don't preach on it enough. But here's what I want you to get. I, I want you to get this. I want you to understand that if I don't preach these truths, you don't get them, you don't understand them, you don't know, and you can't figure out why things aren't working out. And you know what? I, I fully believe that a lot of you ha, are getting blessings in your life, but then there's still some areas like, oh, it's just not happened yet. And you wonder why. I'm going to tell you why in some of those areas. A lot of you, it's going to be right here. You're going to see it right here. A lot of you are going to get it right here. It's going to say, wow, I, didn't, I never knew that. So I want to give that to you. And, and, and if you've been around a long time and you hadn't, I, 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 hope, I hope you feel, yeah, maybe even a little conviction there that, wait a minute, is this really what God says in his word? Yeah, this is what God says in his word. So we're going to talk today about tithing because this is where it begins. Everyone can do something. 
You see, here's what, here's what God did. Is, um, he could have said, okay, everybody that you know, has $1,000 in the bank today, you give $100. But that's not what he did, is it? He said, everybody give 10%. Everybody give this tithe thing. And so he, he, he came up with this, this, this one little simple number. You see, what he wanted to do is make sure that nobody had to do everything, right? And that's what he wants. Nope. He doesn't want anybody to have to do it all. But at the same time, at the same time, he also wants to make sure that there's nobody sitting around doing nothing. That we all can do something, and it begins with a tithe. So let's go there, the tithe. Here's, what, here's where it begins, and tithe is a baseline, and, and the word tithe actually means a tenth, okay? So when you say tithe, you know, you're actually saying the word ten, tenth or ten percent. That's what it means, okay? That's, that's, that's what it means. There's a bunch of scriptures right there. And did you notice that? It goes all the way back to Genesis. Yeah, all the way back to Genesis. And there's going to be, in a couple of minutes, there's going to be another slide that's going to also go back to Genesis. So this is, this is not something new. This is something that's been around a long time. This has been God's plan for a long, long time about how, how God works this thing out. And so it's 10%. It's nobody has to do too much, but nobody is supposed to do too All of us are supposed to be able to do, to do 10%. Because and, and, this is what God has, how he's laid it out. I mean, this has always been God's plan is that nobody has to do too much and that nobody does nothing, that everybody does something. And so that means, you know, if, uh, if you're increased this week, you know, that's kind of the, the, the way the Bible uses that term, increase. I mean, so that means, like, you know, if you've got a salary or if you're raising cattle or whatever, your increase this week is whatever, you know, then 10%. Like if your increase this week is $100, you know, then, then God says 10% of that is mine. That's the tithe. Give, you need to bring that to me and give that to me. You know, and that's, that's kind of easy. But what if, man, if I, uh, you know, I made a million dollars this week? Then that'd be a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Can I tell y'all something? I would love to pay tithes on a million dollars just one time. <laughs> then I'd probably get greedy and say, "Do it again, God, <laughs> right? Do it again and again and again, right?" I would love. Wouldn't you love to pay tithes on a million dollars just just one time? I know some of y'all smiling real big, like Ed McMahon. Oh, y'all don't even know who Ed McMahon is. Knocks on your door. Okay, Publisher's Clearinghouse. That's, a, that's about a 20-year-old reference, I think, you know, something. But see, this is the way God set it up so that nobody has to do too much. But that everybody, everyone can do something. And, 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 and it's an even thing. And the cool thing about it is, is you would think, you know, like you look around at cities, you know, they take taxes and things. You look at, around at cities and, and they have to keep changing theirs a little bit, you know, move it up, move it down, whatever. God's never had to increase his. You know why? Because God gets in the middle of that, and, and he's the one that makes it happen, and 10% is enough. He makes sure 10% is enough. So it doesn't matter how big your church is or how little your church is. God makes sure 10% is enough because God now gets in the middle of it, and he makes the rest of it all happen. Okay, but now, I know there's this hesitancy. Like, well, wait, no, wait a minute. $100,000, that's a lot. Well, who does God think he is? He's getting a little big for his britches asking me for 10 10%, right? I mean, you kind of can get that attitude. It's like, who does God think he is? Well, let's address that for just a moment, okay? Because let me just, let me just ask this way, okay? I've got, I, I never have cash. I don't know about y'all, but it seems like cash just, is just never in my pocket anymore. I used to say the most expensive place to spend the night in town was my house because you, you never knew what it was going to cost you until you walked back over to your billfold after everybody had left the house and you found out what was still left there, right? And you just never knew what was left. And so today I've got, I thought I had 30. I think I've only got about $25 here. Okay, so 25 bucks. But this $25 is in my pocket. 
Who can arguably lay claim to the money that's in my pocket right now today? I mean, besides me, who can arguably lay, and I know you're thinking my wife, right? That's not what I'm talking about either, okay? Who can arguably, well, you know who can? Is the, somebody's bigger than me. You know, they could, they, and I'm not saying legally, I'm saying arguably, you know, they could probably lay claim to the $25 that's in my pocket. If you're big enough, you could probably take it away from me today. Or, or maybe, maybe not just you're big enough, but maybe your weapon is bigger than, you know, than, than my weapon, whatever I got. Or you, can, you can lay claim to that. And you know what? God is bigger than all of us. So, you know, he could say, okay, give it to me, buddy. And if you don't, I'm going to beat you over the head. Or, you know, but God chooses not to do that. He could, couldn't he? God's big enough to say, you better give it to me, Bubba, or you're going to pay for it. He could do that, but God doesn't do it. God doesn't do things that way. It would, it would be, I, I meant, God being who he is and all he's done, it would be okay for God to do that because that's who he is. That's not the way God does things. Who else could lay claim to this money? The rightful owner of it could. You see, you know, if, if $20 was laying there by Brad, you know, if it was his 20 bucks, you know, and I walked by and I saw that 20 bucks and I got it and I put it in my pocket. It would be okay if Brad then said, Pastor, give me my $20 back, right? Would that be okay for him to say, that's my $20, give it back to me? The rightful owner can claim them even though it's in my pocket. He would have the right legally and, you know, whatever way, and he's bigger than me too, so he might, he might, he might be able to do both, right? So he could, he could claim the money because he's rightful owner. Well, you know what? Everything belongs to God. Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him because he laid the earth's foundation. He built this thing. He laid the foundation. He laid it on the seas, and he built it on the ocean depths. He created everything that we have. The money is in, in my pocket right now. Okay, even, even the, the paper that it's printed on, the trees that it, the paper was made of, God created those. Everything about this world belongs to him. You know, and, and when I begin to realize that, then it's easy for me to say, okay, wait a minute, this still belongs to God too. You know what we do is we, we get this attitude sometimes that, that, you know, we're in charge of it, we control it. You know, but, but no, no matter how much you do to control this money, you're not going to. I know you've got a will, a lot of you got a will, or you've told somebody, now when I die, you get this, and you get this, and you get this. But when you die, you know what Solomon said about that? When you die, you're not in charge anymore. It doesn't matter what rules you lay down. When you're dead, you're not here to defend those rules. You're not here to say, you better do it the way I said do it. You're not here. You're not in charge of that anymore. This money has always belonged to God. And what it represents, the money that represents, it's always belonged to God. And it always will belong to God. And when we begin to come to grips with that, then it's easier for us to understand. But here's the really cool part, isn't it? Is that, you know, is it when, 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 when I choose to say, okay, God, you know, if you want this, here it is. And, you know, the, and when I handed it, put it into his hand, you know, I wonder what God's got in his pocket that he could bless me with. You see, this is, this is where this thing really begins to take off for us. We realize, wait a minute, this is not just a God saying, give me, give me, give me. This is God saying, I want to be in partnership with you. This, this is not just about finances either, but even that part uh, where, where, you remember where Christ talks about those who are, are worn out, they're tired, they're, they're burdened down with lots of stuff. You remember what he says to do? He says, you give me your burden and you take my burden from me. 
He says, I'll take care of what's burdening you if you'll take care of what's burdening me. And what's burdening God is, is all these people that don't know him. So what he's saying is, is you, you make sure, you help people get to know me. And he said, I'll take care of all your problems. So what you're doing is like, you're taking your $25 and you're putting it in the hands of one who owns the whole universe and can take care of every single problem that you ever have need of. Now, when you begin to understand it that way, it's like, oh, okay, I finally get it now. We're in partnership and we're not in partnership with somebody who can ever fail, but will always meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's what the Word of God says. That's what he says to us. So let's dig into this tithe thing. There's, there's, there's three things here about this tithe thing. And, and, well, let me read that before you go on. That, Malachi 3.8. Well, a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. Because he says, it belongs to me. So you got to do this thing, okay? So it belongs to me. So let's, let's, let's go on and let's look at three things right here, all right? Tithing is about, first of all, giving your first. Tithing is about giving your first. Uh, it's like about setting it aside. Now, there are scriptures from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it's like about first fruit. So like your harvest is when you begin, you begin to gather harvest. You know, you take some of that first and you set it aside. You know why you're supposed to set it aside, don't you? Because what happens when you don't set it aside? You know, it's like, you know, if you have 10 lambs born, and so you say, okay, this is the one that belongs to God. So, you know, if you don't mark it some way, like, like put a ribbon around its neck, do you remember this one is God's? Then when it comes time to go to the temple and take that one to God, you know, you know the dad's out there and he's looking, where is that sheep that is God's? I can't find, where'd that lamb go to? I, I know it was out here just the other day. And he goes, honey, have you seen the lamb that belongs to God? And she says, oh, that's the one we had for dinner last night, right? That's what happens when you don't set it aside. Okay, we don't actually slaughter lambs and eat them like that, but, but that money, you know, oh, no, that, we spent that at Buffalo Wild Wings last night, right? Or we spent, you know, because and we also had Panera Bread the other day, you know, Jim and Nick's, Chick-fil-A, and, what, and, and if we don't set it aside, that's what happens, isn't it? You see, what, what God's calling us to do, this is what tithing is, is, is it's not waiting to, for the leftovers to give God the leftovers, it's about giving God the first. Because if you don't give him the first, if you don't mark the first, it will not be around. You know, and, there, and there won't be any leftovers. Y'all understand that concept? If you don't, go eat lunch with my grandson and sit next to him and make sure you order some kind of potatoes. Because let me tell you, if it's mashed potatoes, french fries, or whatever, he eats his plate and he eats yours too, and there will be no leftovers of any kind of potatoes left over. Uh, 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 you understand that concept now? That's what it's like. And that's the way our lives are. Is that we we um, if we don't set it aside, you know, if we don't guard it, and you got to really guard it from Colin. If you don't guard it, you know, there's not going to be any leftovers. You get to the end of the week, God's stuff is gone too. It's it's like that little boy who was you know went to church and his uh, parents gave him a dollar for for the offering and then a dollar to get some candy after church, you know, and then you know he's fooling around and he's just playing and he loses one of the dollars. He looks up to heaven and says, God, I'm sorry, I lost your dollar right and so you know sometimes I think you know like I've got some stuff I, I remember we bought some we, we bought some uh, uh, canopy tents and I bought one the same time the church bought some because I liked them I said I want one of those too never have marked mine and I, you know and I'm thinking one of these days one of them is going to break if I don't mark which one's mine you know because they've been stored together a lot of times riding home in my vehicles or whatever one of them's going to break and I'm going to I'm going to have to say well that one's mine because I didn't ever mark which one was mine and which others are God's you know, if you don't mark it, that's what's going to happen. It's going to get eaten the night before the Sabbath. It's going to, you know, it's going to get spent at Walmart or Target or Buffalo Wild Wings. That's why he says, 
the first. In the New Testament, he, he builds on that. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, it, he builds on that. It's the first day of the week. On the first day of each week, this is 1 Corinthians 16, 2. You should put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. Okay, what, what, what's Paul saying? He says, listen, don't wait till I get there and try to collect it all at once because invariably one of y'all is going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings the night before and you're going to spend the wrong money and then you're not going to have it. You're going to be trying to figure out, okay, wait a minute, how do I get my, because you don't have it anymore. Same thing. He's just elaborating on that. It's still the same thing. So here's, here's the thing. It is an attitude thing. In the Old Testament, it's really easy. I got 10 lambs, take this 10th one or what, and give it to God. It's really easy. In the New Testament, it's an attitude thing. It, it's, it's, like, it's like, and it's not just in the money thing. It's about everything. It's like the first day of the week, gathering everything, thinking about, okay, when I get my salary, the first thing I got to do is I got to put back what I'm going to give to God, what he, he required, that tenth. That's what he says I got to put back and set that aside. But on the first day of the week, also, also attending church, coming together for church. I love that. You know, I used to think growing up that the reason we did church on Sunday because that was everybody's off day. And it's not quite as true today as it used to be. Most, most people are off on Sunday. More people are off on Sunday than at a time. But still, that's not why we do it. You know, it's, it's really the other way around. It's like we really work the other days because Sunday was the day we give to God. That's the way this thing began, okay? I want you to understand that. We don't come to church because everybody's off on Sunday. Everybody's off on Sunday because that's church day. Okay, so this has always been this way. This is the way it was. The, 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 the early church, I mean, on the first day of the week, they gathered together. And isn't it really cool that we still do that today? Think about it. Your first hours of the week, what are you doing? You're standing and sitting here in the presence of God. The very first hour, you're giving to God the first hours of your week. Okay, so here's what you're saying is it's not about myself. It's about God first. It's not about my, my family and my friends. Yes, even them. Are your family or friends ahead of God or is God ahead of, I mean, you got to make that decision you got to make that declaration it's about an attitude that on Sunday morning no this is about this is about God God is first I choose these hours these first hours of my week I'm giving them to God listen if you want to be blessed I mean really blessed if you want to really be blessed in every area of your life then don't say God is first put God first in everything you do I don't make plans on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Because this is God's time, you know, and that's not just because I'm a pastor. I, I, you know, I'm be honest with you. There have been some times in ministry that I wasn't pastoring. I was a state youth director. I was, I was a state director of first priority, and I, I would be in different churches, and sometimes I would be preaching, sometimes I would just be visiting. I didn't have to go, but I didn't plan things at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning because this is God's time. He said, it's, it, it's all wrapped up in there together. It's even the, even the income, the first of my increase, not the last or the leftovers, or there never would be any, okay? Because, because this is about giving your first. It's about choosing, just like choosing to be at church because this is the thing I do, not my family. This is not family time. This is not friend time. This is not hobby time. This is God's time. I'm putting God first. I'm choosing, and in the same way, that's what it is financially. Okay, so now the next thing is to talk about consistency because tithing is about consistency. But isn't everything, isn't everything about consistency? You know, if you want to drop a few pounds, consistency is going to be key, isn't it? Or if you want to bulk up a little bit, consistency is going to be key. If you want to have a great marriage, you can't treat your spouse good six days a week. It's going to be about consistency. You want to raise great kids? 
It's going to be about consistency. You want to have, uh, you want to have a, a good financial solid base. It's going to be about consistency. You want to have a good education. It's, you're going to have to study more than just when you feel like it. It's going to be about consistency. You want to have a great vocation. You want to have a great career. There's going to have, it's going to require some consistency. So let me ask you a question. I hope this is really a the question, like pastor. Uh, everybody knows that. I hope that. I hope you think that when I ask that. I hope it's so obvious to you because it relates to this. I hope you will make the connection here, okay? I hope you'll say, well, I, we know that, Pastor. Let me ask it anyway. How many days a year can a farmer, y'all know what a farmer is? Now, I don't mean you people who have four tomato plants out on your back deck, okay? I'm talking about someone who lives through their harvest. They make a living by what they harvest. I'm talking about a farmer, okay? How many days a year can a farmer take off and not be a farmer? And, and, and I, I want you to think about it this way. How many days a year can he say, today's my off day and I'm not going to worry about any of that? That, oh well, it doesn't matter. I'm, I, I see some blight or I see some kind of disease out of my crops today, but it'll have to wait till tomorrow because today's my off day. Or if he looks out kitchen window and he sees on the back 40, there's a little fire started. And he says, man, I wish that would have happened tomorrow because I can't deal with it today because today's my off day. How many, how many days does a farmer get to take off and say, I'm not a farmer today? You see, we're not talking about, we're not talking about a few tomato plants out on the back deck. Let me ask you this, this same question in a little different way. How many days does a parent get to take off and say, I'm not a parent? Especially you moms. Come on, moms. Think about it. How many days do you get to say, today's my off day, you and your sister work it out? <laughs> you eventually hope they get old enough they can work some things out like that. But when they're small and you say that, you better hope that they don't kill themselves before the husband gets home, right? Tries to, tries to, how many days does a mom get to say, nope, today's my off day, y'all leave me alone? How many days? How many days? You see, we're not talking about hobbies and stuff. We're talking about important things like our kids. We're talking about our harvest. We're not talking about a few tomatoes that we want to grow on the back deck. We're talking about our harvest and all the stuff that we want, that we want in life, that we want God to do for us. And when it comes to those things, we can't take a day. It takes consistency. We can't take times off. It's going to take consistency that every day, because see, this is a partnership. This is what this is all about. Is God say, you give me your 10% and then, man, we're in. We're going to get it done. This is what, it's about the partnership. How many days do you get to take, God doesn't take any, do you want God to take any days off? No, man, on Saturday when, you know, when, man, on Sunday or whatever, when, when, when urgent care is closed or I can't get in touch with the doctor, I don't want God taking the day off, right? I want God to be there in the middle of the night when the, when the kids are crying and they have a, a high fever. I don't want God taking the day off so I don't take a day off either. I'm in partnership with him all the time because I want him to be in partnership with me all the time as well. It's about a consistency thing. Okay, so let me, let me see if I can pull this one together, wrap this up real quick. So any investment <laughs> will bring blessing into the house. Now, if you weren't here last Sunday, you missed the sermon about the house. That's what I preached about. If, please go back and listen to the message, okay? It's not nearly as in your face as this one is, okay? But please go and listen to that because in that sermon last week, we talked about all the stuff that comes against our harvest that, that uh, you know, we, we plant and we, we reap what we plant, but there's so many things that could happen to the harvest, okay? But when we bring a gift, when we, bring, when we invest a gift, 
a gift of money. You know, we, we give a dollar. Just a, If we give a dollar, then we're part of what God is doing in the kingdom. And we bring blessings to the house, which is where it begins. I don't have time to preach that message, okay? So please, if you missed it last week, go back and listen to it. If you heard it last week, relate it. This is what we're talking about, okay? Is that if we bring a dollar, then we're part of the investment Investing in, in what brings the, the blessings and the miracles to the house, which is where it begins and goes out from here, okay? Now, that sermon is what that was all about. But here's a, here's a good quote, I think, that kind of pulls that together. And this is from uh, Robert Morris. He says, heaven is being populated. Stop right there. Don't, don't read ahead. Of, listen, let's get this. Heaven is being populated. What are we talking about? More people are going to heaven now, okay? That's what he's saying. Heaven is being populated. Hell is being plundered. Okay, stop there for a moment. So more people are going to heaven now and fewer people are in hell because we're pulling them out. We're rescuing these people that are going to go to hell one day. Okay, so here's what he's saying. Heaven is being populated and hell is being plundered by your offerings. That's why giving is a spiritual act because when you give, people get saved. You know, this is not just people getting a meal. People get saved because of your giving. You know, someone was talking about this before the first service when we were talking about the, 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 the boxes for, uh, for West Jefferson Elementary and those kids and talking about, talking about the, the, the seed that will be planted there. Maybe somebody will realize at some point. And you know what? If we give 100 boxes to 100 families out there and, and five years from now somebody says, I need something, but you know what? There was a church that cared just enough and somebody gets saved. That's the investment that works the miracles in people's lives. And so, so any investment brings miracles and blessings into the house. But a consistent tithe investment brings the blessings and miracles to your house. You see, that's the difference. You can give a dollar today and be a part of what God is doing and probably be blessed some, but not to the level you're probably looking for. You say, you want that. If you, you want that, then you've you got to realize this. It's the consistent tithing investment that brings those same miracles and blessings to your house. That's where you've got, you've got, to, you've got to catch this. So let me take you to this last point because it, it, it will tie everything out together, maybe I hope right here, is the, the whole tithe, the whole tithe, which to me is uh, kind of redundant, the whole tithe. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse whole tithe. A tithe is tenth, right? So it's like bring the whole tenth. That's a little redundant in a way to me, you know, because you shouldn't have to say the whole tenth. It is the tenth or it isn't the tenth. You know, nine, you know, nine percent isn't the tenth. Eleven, even eleven is not a tenth. A tenth is a tenth, you know. Like if you're asked to bring a gallon of tea to somebody's house tonight, the party or whatever, you know, and you get there and you say, well, I only brought an eighth of a gallon tonight. But here's my eighth of a gallon. No, you wouldn't say that. You'd say, I brought a pint of tea, right? Or I, I only brought a quarter of a gallon of tea. You wouldn't say that. You'd say, I brought a quart of tea, right? Does that make sense? Or like if someone after church, they wanted to go to one of the vending machines and get a Coke, and they said, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a 10 cents short. You got a dime? You wouldn't reach in your pocket. I said, I have part of a dime. Now, some of you jokesters or pranksters would probably say that, but you wouldn't really say, I've got a part of a dime. You'd say, I got a nickel, Right? Or I got seven cents or eight cents. You wouldn't say I've got a part of a tithe. So you can't really say part of the tithe because the tithe is 10%. You can't say part of the tithe. So, and I think that's the way God views this thing is you can't give a part of a tithe. Bring the whole tithe. Now, the only reason for God to say that is there was obviously an issue with that or he wouldn't have had to say the whole tithe. Is that people were trying to say, well, I brought an eighth of a, you know, 8%, you know, I brought that much. But 
here, here's, here's what we're not, we're not getting, we don't realize. It's when we start cutting God short, we're, we're only cutting ourselves short. You see, when, you know, if I've got this, I've got all this, this land, and you can think about it like a farmer, or you can think about it about my life. I've got all this land around me that I can sow good seed in. You're part of that land. And so if I sow a third of the seed that I should be sowing, you know, if I, if I choose a third of you guys, I'm going to spend time with a third of you. I'm going to plant some good seed in you. But I'm only going to do it about one of every three times I'm supposed to. You know, one, every third sowing season or planting season, I'm going to show up with my seed, and I'm going to plant it in a third. Tell me what the harvest is going to look like. Because the Word of God says whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. So if you sow a third of what you should, you're going to reap a third of what you could. But if you only sow it every third time, then, see, this thing is exponentially. It's not like, okay, I'm going to do this a third, and so now I'm going to get a third. No, you're, only, you're going to be down to about a ninth if you do what I'm talking about right there because it's exponential about how you're cutting that in. And I don't know if you, you math guys are figuring that out or not. I think sometimes we, we, we kind of figure, figure that, well, I can do this, I can do that. No, 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 that's not the way to shoot. Whatever you sow, that you reap. So if you sow inconsistently, you're going to reap inconsistently. If you sow a portion, you're going to reap a portion. I have no doubt, I have no doubt that if you're a child of God, you are being blessed by God. But not to the level you could be blessed by God if you partner with him in your finances also. I don't tell you this today. I don't tell you this today because we got something we need to do around here and we got to have more finances. That's not why I'm telling you this. This is, this is a very financially busy time for our church. And you know what? God always provides for everything we need to do. He always does. I'm not telling you this because you need to get it here. You need to get this this way right here. If you don't partner with God, if you don't tithe, the kingdom of God will not be one bit poorer than if you did. But who will be? You're the one that's going to miss out. The kingdom of God is going to be okay. The kingdom of God is going to happen. What God has chosen, I mean, he says his word is going to go and accomplish everything that he intends for it to accomplish. Your ties and my ties is not going to slow that down if we hold it back. You're not, God's not going to be, and his kingdom is not going to be hindered or poor. I am. You are. You see, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you can count on. I, I, I know you guys are being blessed even if you're not tithing. I know there's blessing coming into your life, but it's not consistent, is it? It's not consistent. And it's not to the level you want it to be, is it? You know why? You see, I don't know what you can count on from God with 5%. And, and, and listen, I, I, I've done this many times. I, I've told people, if you, I know you're saying, man, 10%, how do I work that into my budget? Start somewhere. I've told people that. Start with 5% or even 2%. But, I, you know, I feel a little challenged by that because God's Word doesn't say you can do that and be really, really blessed. But I'm saying do that to try and build up that place where you're really partnering with God. Because really, if you're going to do 5%, and that's where you're going to stay. It's not going to help you maybe a whole lot. But you've got to be thinking about getting to that place. So I, I, you know, I want to be careful in saying, hey, give 5% or give 2% because I want you to understand I'm not God. I can't tell you that's going to be enough. But I know you're going to be blessed, especially if you give that 2% with the intention of trying to get to that place where you're really partnering with him and his, your finances. It'll happen. But I can't tell you. I can't make you a promise 
of how much God is going to bless you by giving a portion of that. But I can promise you this. When you give 10%, God gives 100%. That's the promise I can make to you. Because that's what he says. God says if you do that, then he says this. If you take that little bit out of your pocket, he opens the window of heaven. And this is one of those blessings from last week. and pours out a blessing so much that you cannot even hold it. But that's what he says he will do. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.